For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S FantasyBB, guys. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes. Everything we got going on on the baseball side gets posted out on Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. So make sure you give us a follow over there. And also go check out SportsEthos.com, the website, if you haven't been over there. We have coverage of all four major sports. We got gambling stuff. We got DFS. We got team coverage. We got a ton of stuff going on. We recently just launched Mariners coverage. We got Seattle Mariners coverage going on. We've hired some new writers who are going to be contributing some new stuff. We've actually had some new pieces from our new writers go live over the last couple of days on the site. So make sure you are checking us out there uh, at SportsEthos.com if you're not somebody on Twitter. Because if you're on Twitter, then you see that these links get shared out whenever they get posted. But that's enough for that. Let's talk about the fantasy baseball news of the day. And going back over the last couple days, we're going to talk about some things that we have over the weekend to look at as well. But we'll start with something that happened today. Mike Soroka, Michael Soroka, actually, I believe that he now wants to be referred to as Michael. He was sent down. Uh, He was sent down by the Braves this afternoon. He's not been good, and we cautioned here on the show whenever it was before his first start. I guess it would have been a week and a half ago, something like that, maybe a week ago or so when we talked about him, uh, to be kind of wary of what you're going to expect from him. He was never a guy who was going to give you big strikeouts. He always massively overperformed his peripherals. His ERA indicators were always quite a bit higher than the actual stats, And he's been gone for so long that you never really know what you're going to see when somebody comes back. The last time he pitched in Major League Baseball was 2020, and it was only three starts. Really, truly, the last time he pitched was in 2019. It's so long ago. Now, I've heard everybody talk about how he's a different pitcher now, and he's a bigger, he's older guy, and we were thinking he might be different. He had a really, really troubling first couple of starts. First against Oakland, where he actually went six innings. It wasn't a terrible start, uh, but then against the Diamondbacks, he did struggle pretty mightily. Uh, That was yesterday. So it wasn't really surprising to see. Maybe a little bit surprising to see them already send him down after a couple of starts. But they just don't want to, I guess they just don't want to even try it at the big league level at this point anymore. They want to send him down, get him some minor league work uh, for a while and see if maybe he can turn it around. But even if he does get called back up, I don't think he's going to be this bad necessarily, pitching to like a 8-plus ERA. But not, not even not necessarily. He's not going to be that bad. He's not that bad of a pitcher. But he's also not somebody that I think has any kind of fantasy viability. He really doesn't. There was a lot of hype around him because of his good season in 2019. That's pretty much why people were adding him over this last week or so. He was up to nearly 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues, and it was because he had a good season in 2019. No other real reason for it. 
Uh, so it makes sense if you haven't done so already to send him back to the waiver wire. He's still rostered in 33% of Yahoo leagues. It's gone down. It was 46 last week, I guess, actually, like yesterday before people knew he was getting sent down. Or maybe some people would have dropped him after the rough start. But it's starting to go down. You need to get off the Mike Soroka train, Michael Soroka train. If you haven't done so already, there is really no fantasy use there. You could maybe argue down this, that, you know, if he comes back up later on in the season, could he have some 15 team viability? Potentially he could. Uh, but in terms of most Yahoo leagues, we're talking 10 and 12 teamers. There's really no point in having him there, especially if points formats. You know, he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He's not going to rack up a lot of points for you. Regardless of wherever you're playing, uh, Soroka is not somebody that I'd be terribly interested in. Now, I will be interested in the guy who I think is likely to get the start here uh, in his place on Friday, which will be against the Nationals. A.J. Smith, AJ Smith Shaver. I think it's Shaver. Uh, I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways. Uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. I thought at first it was like Shaver, sh- uh, sh- uh, something like that. Uh, but I think it's Shaver, if you haven't heard of him or seen him. He did make an appearance, and he looked really, really good. Uh, now, I'm not sure how good exactly he is going to be, but from what we've seen so far at the minor league levels, uh, this season specifically, he has been just ridiculous. Because last year wasn't so great. Uh, the ERA was 5.11 last year. Over 17 games started uh, at high, or excuse me, just at low A, uh, rookie ball. And I believe that's rookie ball. I'm not the biggest minor league guy, but at A level, uh, 5.11 ERA. He had better expected stats, 3.84 xFIP, 3.53 FIP. So you, you can see that maybe he was getting a, b- a bit unlucky. And then you know, from what he did. Uh, this season so far, he, I mean, he hadn't allowed a run so far uh, up until he was in AAA. His high A and AA stats, no runs. And then once he got to AAA, he made two starts and he allowed, what was it, four earned runs uh, over his 12 innings pitch there. So a little bit tougher uh, over at AAA. Still good results, though. Still good strikeout numbers. Walk rate is a little bit higher than you might like to see. But we did see him make an appearance yesterday. He gave you two and a third scoreless. He gave you three strikeouts. Didn't allow a run, and he looked really good. If he does get the start against Washington, then I think that he can have, at the very least, some shallow league streaming viability. For that strikeout upside, for the good matchup, I think that he is somebody that you can at least think about adding. And from this morning when I looked at him, uh, when I first woke up, he was 8% rostered on Yahoo. He's up to 10% now. So people are starting to think maybe uh, he's going to get the shot on Friday, and I think that it is a good bet that he does. And, you know, there's even a chance that if he doesn't, he could still have some fantasy viability as a guy throwing an inning here, two innings there, maybe potentially three innings, and just giving you, you know, almost the equivalent of what a a starter would be giving you at that point. You know, if he makes three appearances during the week, let's call them each roughly two innings, if they give him that kind of role, then you're looking at like six innings, Great strikeout upside. He's almost like a starting pitcher at that point on your roster for the sake of the stats you're going to be uh, getting from them. So there could be some potential there. I think at this point, he's not somebody I'd add in shallow, shallow leagues. If you're in like a 12-team league, I could I could understand wanting to add him ahead of that start for Friday and using him uh, like in your mind already as kind of like a streamer. And if it doesn't end up that way, then maybe you could just play it out and see how he does over the course of his next few relief appearances. Either one I'd be okay with. I don't think he's like a must-add must, must add necessarily. There's, like I said, great strikeout upside. There's also a little bit of control uh, problems there. So you might have to worry a little bit about like what kind of whip you're going to be getting from him at the big league level sometimes if he is still walking 10 12% of batters like we've seen at the minor league level. That could be a concern. That could limit the upside there for sure. But with the strikeouts with a good team context – 
I'm interested. Uh, I am definitely interested at this point, at least to speculate on and put on your watch list and just see what the Braves do. And if they say that he is going to be getting the start, then that's the point where you do go and run an Adam because it's a great matchup against the Nationals, regardless of what format you're playing. Let's talk about Chris Sale. We mentioned him, I believe it was on Friday's show, when we talked about him having shoulder soreness. He had to leave his start early. And later that day, you know, we haven't done a show over the course of the weekend. We just do Monday to Friday shows here if you're new. We didn't talk about it because we haven't done a show. So here it is. Chris Sale officially went on the 15-day IL uh, Friday evening. Now, his last start was Thursday. He went three and two-thirds uh, against the Reds. Looked good. Had six strikeouts. But that shoulder soreness has put him on the IL. It's shoulder inflammation. Uh, so from what we have been made to understand with Chris Sale from the news I'm, I'm reading, the news I've seen earlier in the day and yesterday and over the weekend, it doesn't seem like he's going to need surgery, which is a huge bonus. It's a great thing for Chris Sale. You hate to see it. A guy who was such an elite pitcher who's had to deal with so many injury problems over the last few years, you just you don't want to see him have to miss any more time at this point. He was so electric. Yeah, for anybody, you don't want that. But for, especially for somebody who was so talented like Chris Sale to be cut down the way he was, it's really unfortunate. And the way he continues to be cut down year after year, whether it's you know a fluke injury or something serious, potentially serious like a shoulder, he never seems to be able to stay healthy. And it is definitely frustrating. Now, from what I am reading as well, he is not going to have a full, complete diagnosis for another week or so. They're still going to just monitor it and see exactly what the symptoms are telling them. It's tricky. It's really tricky. If you have IL spots, you know, it's the same kind of refrain that I'll usually give when we talk about injured players. If you have IL spots, then yeah, you, you use an IL spot and you keep them. I think wherever you can, you keep them, to be honest with you. Without IL, it will be a little bit trickier. I think for the time being, you still do. Uh, it'd be a lot harder to do it, but I think at this point, based on how well he was pitching over the last month, you can't fault anybody for holding right now just to see exactly how serious it is. Potentially, this could, I mean, in all likelihood, it's not great. It's In all likelihood, it's going to be a, a fairly lengthy absence. But for the chance that it's not, for the chance that maybe it is just a 15-day or maybe they extend it by, you know, uh, another week or so, I else didn't. I I think that he is still probably worth holding. If you look, just look at the starting pitching landscape this season and all the injuries and all the great pitchers that we've seen go down, I think you got to do what you can to just at least wait it out and see what the news tells us over the next week or so. If they say yeah, it's not as serious as we might have thought, he's only going to miss maybe two or three weeks, then you definitely hold based on what we've seen so far. There's really not a lot of great pitching options. You know, you got to think about if you're dropping him how many great options are there to pick up? In a 15-team league, there's pretty much nobody. You pretty much have to hold them in an NFBC-style 15-team format for now. If you're talking about, and I mean, some people might have cut bait. Some people like to you know, get out early. And you know, maybe, you know, God bless them, maybe they didn't really need Chris Sale because they have such a great pitching staff. I think most people aren't in that situation, though. So in 15-teamers, I think you're, you're still holding him. In 12-teamers, it gets a lot trickier. But I think that you're still there, right? There's still there's better options on the waiver wire in 12-teamers. But it's not like it's a robust, you know, amazing group of pitchers that you're going to be you know, sifting through for most of the time. It's going to be an all-right little group of guys. Maybe you get lucky with one or two. In a 10-teamer, if you wanted to drop them, if, you, if you're in a 10-teamer with no IL spots, I could understand it just because there are so many great options to stream in and even rest-of-season quality options. Like, let me just go to my 10-team to my home league waiver wire here and just see 
who is available. It's a Yahoo League. Let's just see the best starting pitchers that we have available. Hypothetically, I don't have Chris Sale, and the person who has Chris Sale in this league is still holding him, but let's see hypothetically. If you're in a 10-teamer, the guys who are you know highest per- roster percentage who are available, Lance Lynn, I'm keeping Chris Sale over Lance Lynn, even with the injury, I think. He's been just dreadful. Uh, Anthony DeScalfani, he's really, really fell off. I can understand that as well. Uh, you know, just keeping Chris Sale. Uh, Martin Perez, you got to keep Chris Sale over him. This isn't a 10-teamer, but as you go farther down, you know, Logan Allen, he's only 47% rostered. He's definitely somebody I would take over Chris Sale. Uh, there's not that many, to be fair, but there are still a few guys where if you look in across waiver wires, you know, Reed Detmers is an interesting one. He hasn't been doing so well. He's still giving you, you know, good strikeouts most of the time. He's struggled quite a bit this season, but are you taking him? Are you taking guys like Louis Varland, who's only 28% rostered? You know, there's there's still a good little group of starting pitchers that are available here that I would understandably, maybe not even understandably, it would, it would kind of make sense, I think, in a 10-teamer. Like, there are options for you. When you go deeper than 10, and even like you just heard me rhyme off in a 10-teamer there, that's just the standard 10-team head-to-head Yahoo League. There's not like a ton of options, which is why generally I do lean towards holding. Like The shallower the format, the easier it does get. But until we know how serious it is or if it is even going to be that, that serious, I think Chris Sale has got to stay on your roster at this point, regardless of what your situation is. For the most part, I, I think that that's going to have to be the case. Now... If there's an amazing free agent who's available, Chris Sale's the worst pitcher on your team, worst player, then sure. I just think there's not a lot of people who are going to be in that situation uh, at this point. Let's talk Brandon Lau. This is a very, very tricky one. He is on that roster, that 10-team home league roster. I was still holding on. I was still holding out hope that he is going to be maybe some version of what we saw earlier in the season, what we saw a couple of years back when he was nearly like a 40 homer, 100 RBI guy. But Jesus, it's been really, really awful to roster him. Uh, the way that they use him is fairly consistent, but there are still days where he you know, he doesn't play against lefties. And there's there's weird things sometimes uh, with the way that the Rays use pretty much everybody in, in, for, on that subject. Um, but there's there's that, and then there's also the fact that he's not really producing so well for you at all. This last month, he's had 82 at-bats. He's batting 171. That's 14 hits. I mean, he does have six runs and nine RBIs, two homers and two steals in that time frame, which is promising. It's not terrible. You know, there's a lot worse that you'll see from a lot better uh, in the fantasy baseball world over the last month just in terms of the counting stats, but it's the batting average that absolutely murders you. He's 199 for the season, and I think – he is somebody that I am I'm going to be letting go of today. I have to properly, you know, evaluate the waiver wire. There's a lot of leagues that I play in, and I want to see exactly who's available and make the best choice. But he's getting dropped. Uh, just a matter of who. But I think you know, in a lot of formats, tens and twelve teamers, I, I think Brandon Lau is a pretty easy drop, especially with the fact that he is now on the ten day IL with a back injury. I hadn't even got to the injury part of it because I'm just so focused in on how bad he has been. Uh, granted, there has been some some nice stats sprinkled in there, but for the most part, it's been brutal. Um, but the lower back inflammation is going to potentially be bad. You know, it's always kind of bad um, back injuries. You never really know. It was the same thing that limited him last season. A bunch of back problems. So uh, I think that's a, it's a very safe move to drop Brandon Lau. Again, 
if you want to hold and you have the space, then sure, there's a chance that it's not that serious potentially. And he comes back and he's, you know, hitting home runs like we saw even earlier this season. He looked like he was going to be a great value. I should have sold high. Everybody should have sold high on Brandon Lau because he was like a top 10, top 20 player there for a little while. It wasn't a long stretch. But for the people who are very anxious to make trades, you might have been able to sell high. If you did, congratulations. But I think at this point, it's it's a pretty easy drop for me in most formats. I just don't see a hell of a lot of value in holding on to Brandon Lau in hopes that A, it's not a serious injury, and that B, he can come back and actually perform and see that the Rays will actually play him every single day, uh, which they probably won't. So I'm okay with dropping Brandon Lau as unfortunate as it is. There's just and that's an a ten teamer. So I mean, if I'm not holding in a ten teamer, I don't I don't know. Maybe you hold in a 12, 15 is kind of tricky maybe, but even then I think he's going to be dropped by a lot of people. We're going to have to see exactly what it looks like in the deeper formats, but I think a lot of people, if they haven't already, are going to be cutting Brandon Lau. Let's move on. It's a very injury-filled day pretty much uh, outside of the Soroka news. We're going to be talking about a lot of injuries. The next one up is Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is not somebody that probably should have been held on your roster, but if you did still hold on, he's at 18% rostered on Yahoo right now. Please send him back to the waiver wire. This is from Saturday, so you might have already seen this or heard about this. Again, we don't do shows on the weekend, so it's kind of getting caught up a little bit on some of the injury news. If you're still holding Joey Gallo, I mean, there's there's really no hope. You get the odd home run, and that's pretty much it. The last couple weeks, he was three for his last 29 with no home runs. Over the last month, 13 for 71. He did hit four home runs in that span, which is all that he's going to give you. Uh, and all of his, really, production came at the beginning of the season when he had a little bit of a hot streak. You know, 11 home runs on the season four in the last month. You know, he did a lot of his damage earlier in the season. There's only been a couple months so far. We're literally just at the two-month mark. He's not doing anything for you. If you're still holding Joey Gallo, regardless of your format, please let him go. Uh, 18% rostered still, especially with the IL. It's no good. It's a hamstring strain. Uh, it's not something that I think is worth holding through. It, regardless of how serious it is, he's just not a great fantasy player. He hasn't been for a while, if you can really argue ever. I mean, maybe you can, just from the power stats you're getting. Certainly a lot better in a points league when you don't have to worry about him dragging down the average. And I guess maybe if you're in a points league and you got nobody and it's a deep league and you want to hold them, I guess. Uh, but, man, like those batting averages are just so horrendous. He's below 200 for his career as a hitter at this point. It's really rough. Please send Joey Gallo back to the waiver wire if you're still holding on. Alex Wood is another one if you guys haven't seen that news. Not a ton of people are holding on. It was 7% rostered on Yahoo right now, but he is also going to the 15-day IL. This was uh, announced yesterday. He's got a back strain. He's been brutal. Uh, he has been brutal. He has not been getting any better as the season goes on. He had a good start against Milwaukee a couple times out ago. Uh, and earlier in the season, very early, he had a good start against the Dodgers. But it's been pretty ugly for Alex Wood, a 4-8 ERA, 30 strikeouts in 30 innings. He's got a 1-6 whip. It's just been a really rough season for him. He's not somebody that I am really interested in in any format at all at this point. If you have him in you know any, any league, Dynasty, Redraft, whatever it is, uh, Alex Wood is not somebody that I would be terribly interested in at this point anymore. A lot of injury news. That's pretty much what we're talking about here. And that's it for the injuries, the big ones anyway. I do want to talk, before I let you guys go, about a poll that I put out earlier today on Twitter. It was kind of just a spur-of-the-moment thing. Uh, it was a question that I posed. Who would you pick for the rest of the 2023 fantasy baseball season? There were four options, four position players that I put out there. Jared Kalanick, Royce Lewis, Jake Berger, and Ellie Dela Cruz. 
The results overwhelmingly favor Ellie Dela Cruz. Now, it's been a couple hours. We have just about 800 respondents in. It's not a full sample size of everybody, but I like to think that that's a decent enough chunk where you can say this is what the masses are thinking. If you're stashing Ellie Dela Cruz in a redraft league, I would try and trade him right now, according to what I'm seeing here, because apparently the value of him is more valuable than these guys who have already been producing at the big league level this season. Dela Cruz, we don't know what the hell the Reds are doing. It might be a week. It might be two months. He might, might, might be a September call-up. We, we really don't know what they're going to do. Kellenic, you know, it hasn't been great recently, for sure. But over the course of what he's given you the whole season, he's still nearly a top 100 player. He's got 10 homers. He's got seven steals. He's batting 270. He's had a, he's had a fantastic season. Royce Lewis just came up, and he also had a kind of a, a scary injury thing yesterday where he ran to first base and kind of did like a, a somersault over the first baseman. Really, really strange play if you didn't see it because the guy was kind of blocking the bag. and It was a weird play, but he avoided, from what we understand here, a serious injury. They thought it was going to be worse. They thought it was going to be a concussion or something. Uh, just a cut to his forehead at the end of the day. So nothing really to worry about there so much. He's come up over this last week. He's hit a couple of ding-dongs. He looks really good as well. Now, Jake Berger was kind of the interesting one. He's kind of the odd one out here. He's not the necessarily young guy like the others are. I believe he's 27 years old. But I thought he was an interesting kind of fourth here because he's somebody who is not playing every day, especially recently. He's had some off days. He's been more in a platoon. But when he plays, he mashes. He gives you incredible home runs. He gives you 12 home runs in 132 at-bats this season with a two sixty five batting average. He's been maybe the best hitter on the White Sox, arguably speaking. So I put him in there thinking that you know there's a good chance that over the course of the season, he will be somebody that does get more at-bats, and he'll be more on par with Lewis and with Kelnick. Now, Dela Cruz was kind of the, you know, the heat check, in my opinion, of just to see what are people thinking here. Are people that in on Ellie Dela Cruz that they would take him over these established players? And overwhelmingly so. 45% for Dela Cruz, 26% for Jared Kelnick, 21% for Royce Lewis, 8% for Jake Berger. Those are the results. A lot of people in the comments thinking it's absolutely bonkers that Ellie Dela Cruz is being taken ahead of these other guys. I would agree. I would go with Jared Kelnick here. Jared Kelnick is the guy who has been doing it this season, albeit it's been a, kind of a cold stretch for him. He hasn't been terrible during that you know stretch over the last month. He's got three homers. He's got two steals, 235 batting average. He's got 25 runs in RBIs if you combine them in that time frame. So it's not like he's been awful. And over the course of the whole season, he's been really good still. I just I just can't see the argument to take Dela Cruz over that when you know that there's so much volatility with prospects. We know that even, you know, he's he looks amazing at the minor league level. He's looked fantastic, one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time. He could come up and suck. Kalanick was one of the best prospects we'd seen in a long time as well. He was a number one prospect in baseball. Very few people get that distinction in their lives. Being the number one prospect, he came up. And he shit the bed. He was awful to start. So you never really know what's going to happen right when a guy gets called up. You know, there's good signs. It's a good ballpark that Dela Cruz plays in. And if he gets called up, it's, you know, the lineup's looking not so bad either. The team is doing, you know, pretty damn well, all things considered. But I just, I just can't see you putting your eggs in that basket for redraft purposes over these other guys. I, I, I really, really can't see the argument for Dela Cruz, specifically over Kelnick. If you want to take him over Berger, maybe I could understand it. Considering Berger's being platooned more now, 
then I could understand it. I'd still want to take the guy that has been mashing this season. And it's not even just been empty power either. He's got a stolen base batting in the two sixties. That's pretty freaking good, man. Like that's not something that you're just finding on the waiver wire. A lot of the time, even if it's in more of a platoon, a lot of people play in daily changes leagues. Platoons are kind of seen as like this black death for fantasy. If you see somebody's in a platoon, Maybe that's the case if you're in a weekly lineup league. A lot of people play in daily changes leagues, and it doesn't really matter that much. You have decent amount of options, especially if you're in a 10-team daily changes league. Get Jake Berger on your bench, and you can use him against you know, when he when he is in the lineup, and then you'll actually get those stats because when he plays, he is just so good. All that to say, there is a lot of good options here <laughs> that are already in the big leagues and producing that are not such a wild card like Ellie Dela Cruz is. So I'd probably rank them if I had to. Kellnick one, I th- think I'd still go Lewis two, and I think I'd go Berger three and, and Dela Cruz four. I really would. And I might be crazy for that. Dela Cruz might come up and he might win people leagues and he might end up with a 2020 season in part of a year and like just go absolutely bonkers. I don't think it's going to happen necessarily to that degree, and I don't think that he is going to outperform these other guys. I guess based on what I'm saying, I don't think he's going to outperform any of these other guys. Certainly possible that he outperforms all of them, but I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket at this point. Guys, I appreciate you hanging out, kicking off your week. Really appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions to the pod. As always, you guys can hit me up with any questions on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, at EthosFantasyBB as well. Now, tomorrow is going to be Tuesday, and like if, if you guys have been listening the last few weeks, Tuesday is going to be our mailbag day. Tuesday is my very busy work day where I don't get home until usually about 7 p.m. Lots of traffic. I had to work at 6, and then lots of traffic on the way home, and then you know to do a show after that, after a very long day of work. Mailbag works better than having to plot out what's actually going on throughout the day. I will throw in some, some news and notes if there's anything that's groundbreaking. Uh, but you guys are going to dictate the show on Tuesdays for the foreseeable future uh, while my work schedule is the way it is. So I will tweet out something tomorrow morning, fairly early in the morning, maybe even very, very late tonight, just to get your questions in for the show. And I'll maybe retweet it once or twice. But that will be tomorrow. If you have questions, send them in there. Send them in a reply to that tweet because it's very hard to keep track of all the DMs and different replies to all different tweets with questions. The notifications are kind of crazy sometimes. So reply to that tweet, and I promise you we will get your question answered. Also, one last thing, as I say, I promise we'll get your question answered. Please try and stick to redraft questions. I get some dynasty questions. Some of them are salary cap dynasty, and then it's like I, I just don't play in those formats. So I, I, I play in one dynasty league. I take it kind of seriously, but it's not a league that is terribly serious in and of itself. So I'm not somebody that generally tries to field dynasty questions. I play in a lot of redraft leagues. That's what I focus on. That's what I love the most. That's what I specialize in. So that's what I talk about. That's what I love to get questions about. So send in those redraft questions. If there is some kind of dynasty question, I'll try and answer it. But if it's something that's really obscure, five pieces for four pieces, salary cap, OBP, and this and that, and holds no saves, and total net stolen bases and all this, I can't. I just can't. Uh, So let me know uh, on the redraft side, guys, tomorrow about your questions. But until then, have a great night. Take care and choose.